1: Welcome to Healing the Grieving Heart with your host, the mother-daughter team of Dr. Gloria Horsley and Dr. Heidi Horsley. Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi have devoted their lives to helping individuals move forward after a profound loss, and each week share stories of hope and understanding. They dedicate their show to their son and brother Scott and to others who have lost loved ones. Now join Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi and share the journey from grief and loss to hope and renewal. Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley with my co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Each week, Heidi and I welcome you to Healing the Grieving Heart, a show of hope and conversation with those who suffer with the loss of a loved one and for health care professionals who work in this most difficult field. As always, the message has been, others have been there before you and made it. You can too. You need not walk alone. If you're listening to our Thursday live Internet show, you can join Heidi, me, and our guests on the show by calling our toll-free number, one 866 Five seven nine two. With questions or comments regarding the losses in your life, these shows are archived on our blog, thegriefblog.com, as well as compassionatefriends.org websites. And all uh, shows can be downloaded on iTunes. And transcripts are all accessible on our blog, thegriefblog.com. And I also wanted to say today that we have our new website up. Uh, Heidi and I have started a new foundation, the Open to Hope. Foundation, and you can find it on the web now at com. We're excited about that new site, aren't we, Heidi?
2: Absolutely, and I love just giving people the message that eventually there is hope again in your life, and just to be open to the fact that you can have hope and that there will be hope. Absolutely. I left the
1: message. And we love that you all can, you're all going to be able to participate through the blog. You can uh, write in, give us comments about the show, write about your life, write about uh, what's going on with you and your advice to help others, and also ask us uh, questions. And one of the things Heidi and I wanted to mention is that next week we're going to have Candace Leitner on. Candace, uh was the person who started uh, Mad Mothers Against Drunk Driving. And what we would love to have you do, if you have some issues around drunk driving, if you uh, would like to ask Candace Leitner a question, please email us. Go to thegriefblog.com. Hit on the comments section, and when you go in the comments, it will ask for your name, and then it will ask for uh, questions or, or comments that you might have. So, excuse me, not the comment section, the contact hit on contact, so go to the grief blog, hit on contact, it will take you in so that you can give us comments for next week's show. Well, we've got a great topic today, Heidi, I think, how friends help after death.
2: Absolutely, and I think friends are our chosen family, and they, they mean a lot to us.
1: Absolutely. So we're going to have uh, Barbara Francis on our show first, and uh, she'll discuss the loss of her best friend Jody, and Barbara chronicles her recovery in her book, um, Unexpected Turns, Learning, Leaning into Loss of Life, and you can find that on our uh, blog. And the second segment is going to be uh, Betsy Aranella discussing the death of her best friend's daughter, Sophia, and how she was inspired to write the book Isabella's Dreams, a story and activity book for children's grief journey. And Sophia's parents will join us on the last segment of the show also. So, um... Our poetry contest is over, and it was so successful. And we had heart rendering, such moving, wonderful poetry, and it's it's so great. Uh, please start thinking about your poems and start writing them because we're going to do another one next year. And Heidi um, today is going to announce our winners.
2: Yeah, and poetry is so powerful, and it's it's hard for me as far as ranking winners, et cetera, because I feel like everybody spoke from the heart and they were all so amazing, um, and and that's why we had judges. <laughs> Because yeah, we couldn't was, do it. <laughs> Exactly, that's why we weren't the judges. I mean everybody's everything that was submitted was incredible and moving it, and very powerful.
1: Really wonderful. Um well let me mention our judges and start out with Heidi since we mentioned okay. that now. Uh our judges were Diane Hogue, and Diane's just a lover of poetry and a friend of, of the blogs, and then Janice Gentry. Now, Janice is a poet in her own right and is the author of Stars in the Deepest Night, After the Death of a Child. And you can purchase that. Um, You can Google Janice on uh, the the uh, blah internet to uh, get a hold of her. Her name is spelled G-E-N-E-E-E-S-S-E Gentry, G-E-N-T-R-Y, and she's also going to be a guest on our show later on. So, Heidi, you want to announce our winners?
2: Sure, I I would love to, and um. I, if, if, I, if I sabotage your name, I apologize, because every name I'm going to say is a little difficult for me, and uh, I, I don't have you here to ask you if I'm saying it correctly. So let me give it a shot. Um, first place goes to Kim Hudney, and the name of her poem is I've Stopped Looking for Him, and she will receive a set of CDs of 10 Healing the Grieving Heart radio shows. Thank you so much, Kim, for your, for your uh, poetry. your poetry. Uh, second place goes to Blanche White Tooley, and the name of her poem is If I Could Touch the Rainbow. And she will receive our teen grief relief book that my mother and I wrote. Um, third place goes to Lana Golimsky and the name of the poem she wrote was The Promise of Spring. And she will receive a CD sampler of the Healing the Grieving Heart shows. Thank you so much to everyone that submitted poetry.
1: Oh, and don't forget our honorable mention.
2: Yes, our honorable mention. Where's our honorable mention, Mom? Help me. Uh,
1: under third, Sandra Preby, and she wrote "My Third yes, Child of yes, grief, Is Grief," which was amazing unfortunately, Sandra, it didn't quite meet our um, the the uh, guidelines you had to meet to be uh, in one of the places, but it was so fabulous. And all of these are going to be on the blog, so you'll be able to read them. Maybe someday we can do an anthology of poems or something.
2: Oh, that would be nice.
1: Yeah, it would be. And everyone will also get us a, a wonderful certificate with their name on the front and their poetry on the back. Well, let's move on with the show, Heidi, because it's going to be quite a full show today. We're going to have two segments, and we're going to talk about how friends help after a death. And do you want to uh, introduce our first segment? Sure. Well, um, as, you, as you previously mentioned,
2: on the first segment of our show, Barbara Francis, author, spiritual leader, and friend, will discuss how the death of her best friend, Jody shook her faith and sucked the color from her life. She chronicles her recovery in her inspiring and enlightening book, Unexpected Turns, Leaning into the Losses of Life. Welcome to the show, Barbara. Thank you, Heidi. It's
0: a delight to be here.
1: Oh, it's so nice to have you on the show, uh, Barbara. And I was... Your book... Um, it's such an interesting book. It's it's a, a really a wonderful little book. It's not giant. Sometimes I get so discouraged when I get these giant books on grief and loss. But it's just a wonderful book on um, leaning. Well, especially
2: into, when you're grieving, because yeah. when you're grieving, you don't want to have something that's very dense and that takes requires an incredible amount of concentration.
0: No, yes. we don't have the mental space to be able to do that.
1: Absolutely. Exactly. Well, Well, talk a little bit. In the first of the book, you talked a little bit about uh, your friend uh, and what happened to her. Could you tell our audience about that?
0: Yes, thank you. on uh, January 26, 2003, I received a phone call, and on the other end of the line was a screaming woman saying, mm. they're dead, they're dead, Dwayne and Jodi are dead. Oh, my God. Now, Jodi was like a sister to me, uh, my traveling companion, I travel and speak uh, many places around the world, and my very best
1: friend. And
0: uh, I didn't know what to say. I said, and
1: she traveled with you a lot.
0: She traveled with me, yeah, in many places. And
1: supported you, and, and this was the Campus Crusades for Christ kind of work you were doing? Yeah,
0: yeah and many other uh, places that I've traveled doing uh, speaking and, and lecturing in various locations. but. It just was a sucker punch to my belly to receive a phone call like that at 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and I, I just crumbled and began weeping and discovered later on I, that they had flown their private plane into the side of a mountain outside mm-hmm. of Phoenix, Arizona and were killed instantly, and that crash symbolized the crash in my own soul of what took place.
1: You know, it was so interesting for me looking at this book because here you were, you know, um, really in tune with God and this, you know, going around and doing the work and everything, and and all of a sudden you had questions.
0: Oh, my word. Well, the, the context of this is even greater than this particular uh, fateful evening when they were killed seven months and one day earlier. Jody was in an near-fatal car crash where she fell asleep at the wheel and the truck she was driving barrel-rolled across the interstate and it landed with her head on the dashboard and the crushed ceiling of the car resting on the top of her forehead. Wow. And she broke C1, C2, C3, C6, and C7 in her spinal cord. Mm-hmm. And to see her recover from that,
1: and support and then, her in that, and thinking yeah. she might die then.
0: Oh, yeah. She she went to Code Blue, and so to see her come through that, and her faith strengthened, and my faith strengthened, and then seven months, and one You know, that's later, interesting.
1: Let's stop there for a minute. It strengthened your faith. It, it strengthened did. hers. You really felt like you had it then. You were really, you know, you really had the, the belief that, you know, God intercedes or whatever, and then... And
0: then this, seven months and a day later. So my questions are, are are screaming in my soul. Why did you save her life in Boise and not in Arizona? Mm-hmm. And the very scripture verses in the past that I'd gone to to find comfort now were biting me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And many questions of where was God and, and, and why would you allow this to happen? Just I, I couldn't keep them contained in my soul. They were just bursting out all over.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and so what did you do with that? How did you speak to God? Um, how did you pray then, and, and were you angry? How did how did it come out for you?
0: Well, of course. That I think that the, the initial stage of shock that includes grief and fear and anger were all there. And I have uh, been a follower of Jesus Christ for well over 30 years, and I initially just was blank and vague, and the color came out of my life and out of my faith. And yet, by continuing to pray and continuing to believe that the God I've loved and served for 30 years hadn't changed. And it wasn't an overnight process. It was well over a year. I was
2: going to ask you, initially, were you really angry at
0: God? I I, Angry? I don't know. I was just so puzzled. Mm -hmm. I was so shocked. I, I didn't... I, I had never lost anyone this close. There couldn't have been anyone that I could have lost apart from my initial family that would have been closer.
1: So, You know, I like think if there was ahead. a just
0: God, why would He allow
1: this to happen? Of kind course,
0: of thing? that yeah. and a truckload of other questions. That, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I wanted dark. to
1: say, I wanted to stop here for for one minute because I think that this that your reaction to a friend's death is so powerful because we have to realize in life for everyone that relationships uh, are significant and dependent on how how connected we are with these people. They don't have to be blood relatives to have, you know, a tremendous reaction to having having their loss, and it doesn't have to be a spouse or, you know, a friend is a powerful, powerful relationship and connection.
0: Well, they definitely are, and they friendships especially adult friendships where you've known one another for many years and you've sort of done life together it's like losing an appendage
1: of course a kid friendship i mean even having a child move away is oh, is can yeah. be a really really dramatic thing for you know for people so those losses because i know a lot of our audience out there are bereaved parents and and are thinking oh a friend lost that's not you know uh, as bad as, you know, having this other kind of a loss. But that gets us into comparing losses, doesn't it, Heidi?
2: Absolutely. And, I mean, sometimes there's things you can tell friends that you don't even tell your
0: family. Well, um, and the one thing I've tried to do in my book is I define loss as anything that makes you say, oh, no, not this.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And so it's a broad-based look at loss, that it's not, it's, and I agree with you, we can't compare our losses. Anything that breaks your heart and makes you say weeping prostrate on the floor oh no not this mm-hmm. is enough to cause our world to cave in but although there's a there's a side of sorrow in my book I try to take the reader on a path toward hope and a path toward renewal and recovery.
1: That's great. That, well, uh, it's time for us to go and how uh, death is, is such a difficult thing. Well, I want to say in your book that uh, it's not a big, huge book, which is what I loved about it. It's 86 pages. And um, uh, at the end of a lot of the chapters, uh, you're actually able to go, and uh, Barbara's got questions for you, um, personal reflections on the chapter. Where, where are you? Where are you right now? And uh it's really kind of neat because you really, I think, merge with Barbara in a lot of ways. And she's got a beautiful picture of her on the back. <laughs> and you also have a website, right? I do. Francis dot com. dot com. So definitely go there, Barbara. Um, before we talk about your journey, I wanted just to, to have you say something about what you do and you, uh, about your speaking.
0: Uh, Well, I've been on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ, which is an interdenominational organization for 31 years. And I speak on various aspects of of how we can know and walk with Jesus in the life we have and not the life we thought we'd have. Mm. How can we incorporate the spiritual side of our life into our grief, into our marriages, into our losses, into our
1: relationships.
0: And so I, you know, speak all over and have written some books. I'm currently writing a book uh, on forgiveness, which I think is another issue that is cro- like loss, which is crosses gender
1: and ethnicity, and uh, uh, do you know our friend Fred Luskin? Fred's on the board at Stanford. If you don't, you might want to look him up. He's written uh, quite a bit on forgiveness. He's yes, on the he... our board, the Open to Hope Foundation. Oh, good. So anyway, go to Barbara's website if you w- can. They they can email you through there, I assume, right?
0: Yes, they can email me. I do three uh, uh, sort of uh inspirational writing writings per month that I send out that they can sign up for that. They I see my other books that are there and contact me for speaking engagements. So
1: it's That's all right. Great. There. Well hopefully we can get you hooked up with the foundation maybe to do some writing for us. But um anyway, uh I wanted to ask you, okay, we've talked about before we went to break we talked about your friend who was killed in an airplane accident was her husband uh, flying the plane
2: yes
1: he was so uh, she had an automobile accident seven months later where she was driving so we can't say that she's just a careless person no i mean she wasn't uh flying the plane
2: yeah and i was wondering that too mom it was
1: accidental right yeah
0: it was and there was no yeah Yeah, you actually someone saw the crash pardon me
1: you were talking in the book you talked about coincidentally someone saw the crash and later told you about it yeah
0: they did, mm-hmm. they saw it, and um, so pieces began coming together because I was so far away. And as you well know, in in the grieving process, it's important to be able to see the person or to have something left, and there was no way to see her. And mm-hmm. my husband and I led both the private family uh, uh, memorial service as well as the public one that was held in their hometown, and there was no one there to say goodbye to, and so there mm. was another aspect of emptiness that was there. And also, kind of disbelief, I think, like, is this? Is it, did this really happen? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that was part of the stage, for me, of shock, of going back and rereading the accounts and rereading the newspaper articles on it, because I just couldn't believe it.
1: Now, did you feel like you had enough right as a friend? You, of course, you were able to go lead the service, which, it, you know, w- which was a way for you to be part of it. But I think sometimes friends don't feel like they have the right.
0: Well, I was invited in quite uniquely to the family. The family knew how close Jody and I were. Their three children who the book is dedicated to uh, are still alive. I'm still very much a part of their lives and their marriages and those kinds of things. Um, so it was an honor to be a part of that, and it was really needful to me uh, to be connected because I feel like even when I'm going to be uh, having lunch with Jody's daughter tomorrow, I feel like there's a part of, of Jody that's in her that I connect with.
1: You know, uh I think sometimes friends uh, have a difficult time We've got actually an email here uh from Joan, and she says uh, she's from Idaho, and she says that um after my daughter was killed a year ago, her friends kept coming over to the house. It was great for me. Uh, because I felt a lot of support from them, but my husband did not like it. He felt like it made him too sad. He didn't like him hanging around. Do you have any thoughts or recommendations about this?
0: Well, I think this reveals a very uh, clear issue when it comes to grief, and that's we all deal with it differently. Mm -hmm. And I think if that was upsetting to her husband, perhaps a better suggestion would be if they could meet uh, at a time when her husband is not home so as not to... Sort of be a stumbling block to him, we'll call it, or maybe they could meet at one of her friends' homes instead of in her own home. But friends were very crucial to me. My dear friend Andrea Townsend came to visit me. My sister came to visit me. Friends that were close, Marie Tittle and uh, Kelly Kimberlin, came to visit me and helped me in the process and helped me to verbalize it. During that first stage of shock, it's like you don't want to talk about it. You're just in darkness, but when you move on into hurt stage where you are ready to verbalize and people can come alongside of you. And that is an interesting component to my book in the second chapter. I not only deal with the stages of hurt, but I also give some some insight into what friends and family members can do, what they can say as they walk with the grieving person.
1: Yeah, that's great. Stages. You've got that. I like that. Um, I would like to know... Um, in the service of time, what gave you hope, and how did you get there? Well, I, what gave
0: me hope was my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Although I went through a, st- a crisis of belief, as we've talked about at the beginning, the spiritual component was so key. And just briefly, Jodi and I read through the Bible once a year together, and the day that she was killed, we were reading Psalm 23. And in my third chapter, I paraphrase Psalm 23. If you have time, I can read it, if not. Yeah, that would be mm-hmm. great. Um, I paraphrase Psalm 23 and then unpack the spiritual dimension of my healing uh, within that chapter. And here is the uh, paraphrase I wrote. The King of kings and the Lord of lords is my very own shepherd, the one who holds my hand and takes full responsibility for me. So believe it or not, I have need of nothing. I love that. How lovingly he takes me to just the right place, a place where the grass is green and soft. He pats his hand on the spot that is best for me, and I'm quick to lie down. Knowing that my thirst is real, he leads me beside cool waters. He always knows what I want when I need it, and I love that about him. Mm -hmm. He not only knows what I need externally, but he sees deep within my soul to repair what is broken and bent. He again extends a strong arm so that I can hold tight as he takes me on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. I feel safe. I'm not prepared for the place he takes me next. It's not green, moist, but a dark valley and ominous. It has a strange, unfamiliar field. It's the valley of the shadow of death, and I'm quite sure I don't
1: belong there.
0: But with my shepherd leading the way, I'm not afraid because he makes his presence known, and I'm relieved and comforted. He knows what I need when I do not. There are good lessons in the valley. You feed me from a table full of the delicacies I love. What a visible sign of your care for me. And even though there are enemies lurking in the shadows, nothing can harm me because you are my protector. So even though the journey is full of delightful surprises and unexpected turns, green grass and quiet waters, valleys, shadows of death, and enemies... I have two friends who follow me wherever I go, their names, goodness and mercy, and they'll remain my traveling companions every single day of my life until I get home to the house of the Lord where I will live forever with my shepherd king. I can't wait.
1: Uh, Thank you, Barbara. That's a wonderful way to end the show, and I want to thank you so much for being on our show, and uh, keep up the good work. It's really amazing what you're doing, and uh, I I love the idea that you have honored your friends so well. Thank you very much. It's my
0: pleasure to be with you.
1: Thank you, Barbara. Stay tuned.
2: You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at
1: opentohope.com.